0: Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast, your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler.
1: What's up everybody and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen, and Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And we are coming at you today with a bit of a special Tigers in 20 episode, something like that. I don't know. We're just gonna go we're just gonna go through and recap today's game between Memphis and St. Mary's. I know all you guys are very excited about the basketball season tipping off. Memphis opened the season with a 17-point win over St. Mary's. Started off a little rough, guys. They could not score in the beginning of the game. I think when I was first able to get on, it was 8-0. to zero. Um, But they obviously turned it around and pretty much from that point on uh, kept the whole game. It was, it was pretty much all Memphis for the rest of the game. So immediate takeaways, Brooks, what were, what were some of the things that kind of jumped out to you from today's game? One, I'm thankful
2: that the game was played and we actually had live basketball. Yes, uh, we have yes. real Memphis basketball to talk about. Uh, so, I'm first of all, I'm extremely thankful on the eve of Thanksgiving to be sitting here talking to you guys about Memphis basketball. Uh, I
0: woke up this morning. I woke up this morning and was like antsy. Like I started checking, making sure I was like I had everything signed up, lined up for the first game that was on, and and I think it was like some D two game. I started watching, but I was like college basketball, baby.
2: Yeah. So first takeaway. um, Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. Memphis was really, really good, and and it was really, really good without DeAndre Williams on the floor with. Um, a lot of the majority of their team not playing to their full potential. Uh, you had Landers no, no, Nolly, uh, Ahmad Rand. Uh, yeah, no, Ahmad Rand uh, was out with contact tracing, so you know he's obviously going to be towards the bottom of the rotation. Uh, but still, you know, you you have that depth. You can run more with more guys. You could you could see early in the game that sise was gassed. Uh, only played twenty minutes today. But, you know, you had Landers Ali, uh going one for three from three, only finishing with 11 points, and the expectation is Landers Nolly is going to be one of the uh, best scorers on this team. Uh, he, you know, finished in second behind Boogie Ellis, who just went crazy, like crazy. with 11 points. Uh, but, you know, DJ Jeffries had a really, really rough game overall, uh, had a lot of shots that kind of – rimmed in and out a a lot of buckets that you know they just felt like they should have fallen and they didn't uh you went two for ten from the field so i I say all of that to say is like they were really good and (laughs) what's scary is they could be even better that's my first takeaway
1: yeah and i think that's the biggest takeaway so the guys that we have said should be the two leading scorers this year in landers Nolly and dj jeffries neither one of them played very well and Memphis gets a 17-point win. And, and obviously Boogie Ellis was a big reason for that. He came out guns blazing. You could tell he was ready to fire away and uh finished with 24 points, missed one three with six of seven, hit that insane half-court shot to end the first half. He literally could not miss on Wednesday against St. Mary. So he played an incredible game. And I want to hit on this real quick because I was I was getting a lot of comments on Twitter and I and it kind of made me think about it a little bit. Um, people saying that, okay, Boogie is for sure starting in the next game. And I'm not so sure about that. Could it happen? Could I be wrong? Yeah, I could be wrong there. But I think Alex Lomax in the starting lineup and Boogie off the bench just makes sense. And when I tweeted it out and said, you know, you guys got to think they're bringing Boogie off the bench for scoring, not because he's a bad guard, not because he's, you know, he hasn't developed over the off season. It's because Penny's looking at this team and saying, okay, my my two best scorers, DJ and Landers, are in my starting lineup. I don't want to bring in a bench that can't score, so I'm going to bring in Boogie off the bench. One of the replies I got is, this isn't the NBA, this is college. College teams put their best players on the floor. Penny has said from day one that he wants to run this program like an NBA team. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's bringing one of his top three or four scorers off the bench to do exactly what he did today. There's a reason he's coming off the bench. There's a reason he's in that second lineup. It's to inject scoring into that lineup, and that's exactly what he did. A lot of people saying Alex Lomax didn't play great either. I thought he played an Alex Lomax game. If you look at at what he did on the stat sheet, four points, uh, two steals, three assists, five rebounds, two of seven from the floor, not great as far as efficiently scoring. But everything else, he was great on defense. He played well on defense. He played in Alex Lomax, fill the box score type of game, which is what you need and what you want from him. You don't need 15 points from Lomax. You need everything else to be full like it was. So I love bringing Boogie off the bench. It obviously worked. Um, him and Alex switching out was great. And guys, somebody that we have not given a lot of love to throughout the offseason is Damian Ball, and he played a hell of a game Man. against St. Mary's.
0: I was so impressed by Damian Ball. Um, You know, everybody, Brooks has been on Damian since he was a junior, maybe a sophomore in high school. Um, We've had the chance to see him play a lot while he was in high school and then obviously last year for the Tigers. The thing is about Damian is that there was always this, we can see what he can, like his skill set was apparent, what he could do, what what he brought to the floor. But there was a level of, of, Um, I guess maybe franticness, or maybe even a lack of of court awareness. Sometimes last year that put him in foul trouble. A lot of being a freshman, being a freshman freshman last year, and that's one of the things that I tweeted part part way through the game is that what you're seeing with uh, Lester, Damian, and DJ is a maturity in their game after having played so many minutes as freshmen last year, you're seeing it in these three different areas. One of them is the pace of play, the turnovers in the game and the, and the shots that they were taking. Um, the biggest and Brooks, I know you probably, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, if you were at home when this happened, but in the very beginning of the first half, Damien had the ball at the three point line, pump fake the dude, wonderful in, to the free throw line jumper, and it was wet. It was. It was. Uh, he he made it. That shot he never would have taken last year, and that to me was ultimately a sign of Damian Ball has matured, and it, his maturity didn't take away from his aggressiveness on defense. You saw what he did to the to the guards for St. Mary's. They couldn't handle Damian when Damian was out there, especially on defense. Um, but yeah, man, he played a hell of a game. And I was very impressed by what Damian did out there.
2: Yeah, he, he was dynamic getting into the paint. He played smart. Uh, he was efficient with the shots he did take. I think he finished four of six from the field, 10 points. And, yeah, I mean, I was uh, stuck in standstill traffic on the interstate watching on my phone, uh, and I saw that jumper. And it was gorgeous. I mean, high arc, arching right over the defender uh, is pretty. If Damian can do that, He's going to be very good for this team. Finished with two assists, zero turnovers. And last year, if you had told someone that Damian finished with a, a you know a stat line of four assists, two turnovers, or two assists, zero turnover, they'd be like, Damian Ball? Because <laughs> let's just be honest, Damian was very, very turnover prone last year. It was a little bit of the chaos of the game being so fast for him uh, as a freshman. And it's like they always say, you can it's almost like you can see the uh you know switch get f- flipped in some players when the game just starts to slow down and i feel like that's what we're seeing with Damian Ball already i mean i i you know it's one game let's not jump to crazy conclusions um but in his 22 minutes Damian Ball sure looked like i mean if i'm going to rate a player on his game uh you know, Boogie Ellis obviously had the best game of any Memphis player. Ended up playing the most minutes out of anybody with 31 uh, coming off the bench. But right behind him, I'm putting Damian Ball as number two. Uh, he was really, really good.
1: And he, and to me, here's the biggest takeaway from Damian Ball's game: one foul. He took himself out of so many games last year by getting two, three fouls within the first 10 minutes of the first half, especially when he was starting games. So. To me, that's that's the biggest takeaway from his game. And I just want to hit on something on this team that that I really, really like. And like you said, Brooks, it's it's game one. We're not going to get too carried away. But I think this is something that can allow them to win games throughout the year. We mentioned it a little bit, and I just want to go into a little more depth on it. With guys like DJ and Landers not having their best game, every player that you expect to be on and to put up points is not going to every night. Players aren't going to be 100% every game and play their best game. But the thing about this team, and they did it a little bit last year, but I think we really saw it today against St. Mary's, they find other ways to impact the game. When they're not shooting well or they're not able to score, they are finding ways to impact the game. DJ Jeffries, nine rebounds. Uh, Landers Nolly played well on defense. He made some really good passes in certain situations, which is a very good sign moving forward. Uh, Lester Quinonez didn't shoot well, one of six, played great defense like he always does. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge, when he came in, looked good on defense, two blocks. Musa Sise, two blocks. So even when these guys aren't putting up 15-plus points, they're finding ways to impact the game. I feel like that's a common theme that we'll see throughout this year, and I think that is something that helps them win a lot of games because there was times last year when you saw some of these young players, especially like Damian and Boogie, when they weren't able to score, they had trouble finding ways to make an impact on the game. I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue this year. I think they're going to be a lot better in that category, which is what good teams have to have. All
2: right, so here's where I want to take this. We've talked about a lot of great things that Memphis did today, and I want to talk about two things that I know for sure that they're going to try to change moving forward. First of all, finish, the team finished with 10, 10 assists, 10 turnovers. That one-to-one turnover, assist-to-turnover ratio, they're, they're not going to be okay with that the rest of the year. They want that – assist number to be creeping upwards of 15 to 20 assists per game. They want that turnover number to be 10 or below. Um, that's hard to do when they play so fast, uh, but it's promising because this is the first game of the year. No no exhibition games, no scrimmages, no nothing before today. Uh, so that's one thing that, you know, if I'm looking at it from the Memphis staff's perspective, that that's one thing they're probably going to harp on. Second of all, they want to turn the other team over more than thirteen times per game. Uh, yes, they were very good with holding St. Mary's to only thirty-four percent from the field. I think that's you know it's pretty decent. Uh, that's you know that's really good. Uh, but I do think that they want to turn the other team over fifteen plus times per game. It's hard to do against a team like St. Mary's who is extremely disciplined. Uh, they they have a lot of – they, they, they don't necessarily try to run and gun. They're not trying to push the ball in transition. They're not making silly mistakes. So, 13 turnovers uh, by a St. Mary's team is pretty solid. But they'd like to get – I mean, honestly, I think in a perfect world, if they could get teams to 20-plus per game, they would want to be there. Um, so, Memphis turns around tomorrow. Uh, we get to watch Memphis basketball again uh two times in two days for uh thanksgiving lunch tomorrow at 11 a.m uh play the winner of western kentucky and northern iowa which right now it's i believe it's still halftime halftime 39 31 western kentucky is currently up so you know we'll get to see this memphis team again we'll Quick turnaround, they're going to do film session, they'll do walkthrough, they'll they'll go over both advanced scouts with their players and probably focus on Western Kentucky as the second half goes on. Um, but my guess is that they'll focus on the same things that they did today, ball movement, pressure defense, turnovers, positive assist to turnover ratio. Um, Kenny, any thoughts from today and, and what to look for tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I, I think um, I want everybody who's listening to this to um, Brooks at the very beginning when, when he said one of his first impressions was talking about Musa Cisse and his you know the, the fact that he felt like he could go in like a couple minute gap uh, you know um, bursts of, of play and then he was gassed out. Um, that's not a conditioning thing. Um, Musa Cisse in condition. Um, Christian and I are both massive mixed martial arts UFC fans, and one of the things that they talk about in the UFC, especially, is when a fighter comes into a to, to the to the cage for the first time. There's a, a the UFC jitters, is what they call it. They call it this adrenaline dump. I honestly think that that's probably what happened with Musa today. Um, his first game of the year, first game in college. Um, I think he had an adrenaline dump, and and the adrenaline jump is no dump is no joke. You know, you get out there and you're amped up and you're ready to play. Um, and then, man, that adrenaline just falls off a cliff and it's hard to get that back. I really expect tomorrow's game. I think Moose is going to come in and I think he's going to be able to play a lot longer stretches because that adrenaline dump won't be there as as much because he's already played his first game. Um and I just think you see, man, I, you know, you, you see it. You're going to see, it. like, what he can do, what he can bring to the table. You know, there's some things that he's going to have to, you know, the, the game's going to have to catch up to him. He's going to, you know, the, the speed of the players in the paint. Like, this isn't Lausanne anymore. You know, so in terms of moving his feet, getting his body set, you know, getting his arms up, getting his hands up, he's going to have to be better in the paint, but you saw glimpses of the things that he's going to be able to do in the, in, on the defensive end of the floor. And, and then when he is having that rough time, when, when he does need to go over to the bench and get coached up real quick, bringing in Malcolm Dandridge, who listen, Malcolm didn't play much in the second half, but in that first half, he was impressive to me. Moving, rebounding, blocking shots. You know, the they're the big men the the big men in this game were um, extremely active on the defensive end of the floor. And if they're playing like that, they're going to be very difficult to beat.
1: Yeah, I want to I want to touch on Musa real quick too, and then Brooks talked about a couple of the things they need to clean up, and I have a couple of things I want to hit on as well, real quick. Um, with Musa, yeah Kenny I think that could be a big part of it because when you look at what he did in high school he's an up and down player he's going to go full energy on both ends of the court and I think that's different at the collegiate level especially when it's your first game and like you said you're just you're just hyped to get out there you're ready to get out there and show what you can do But you said it perfectly. He showed in glimpses that he can be a special player And only 20 minutes, putting up 10 points, seven rebounds, two blocks. Uh, The way that he can finish lobs, he's going to do that all year. You could tell guys when they would get into the paint, when they were coming downhill, they were looking for him to throw him the ball because they know if he's down there and he's one-on-one, he can go get it over the other dude. So we're going to throw it up and let him go get it. So, I really like what I saw from him in his first game, three fouls. He got into a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, You obviously want to see that cleaned up a little bit, but something we talked about uh, last night in our VIP Zoom chat, something to watch out for. He could get in foul trouble early. He's an aggressive player on the defensive end of the floor, and that's something that those guys have to adjust to when they get to college. And then as far as a couple things that I noticed that, that, that I know the staff will want to get cleaned up and that were kind of issues last year, I mentioned at the top, it, you know, St. Mary started out 8-0. Memphis had trouble starting games last year. Don't know what it was, but it seemed like every game they could not get going on the offensive end of the floor. I want to say chalk that up to it being game one, but, you know, it, it could be another problem this season. Hopefully not. I don't think they will because they do have so much more uh, offensive talent this season. So I don't think that's going to be a problem all year. It's just something to keep an eye on because it did happen once again today. Um, and then the free 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 throw shooting wasn't great. I know they didn't get to the line a ton, which is something that um, that I kind of expected them to do more. I expected them to be able to get to the line a little bit more. But sixty one percent's not great. This wasn't a great free throw shooting team last year. They struggled in that department. So those are two things that I'll just be watching for, you know, throughout this tournament and throughout the first month, throughout the first month or so of the season to see, you know, if those are actual problems or if it's just game one and and this team has kind of fixed those issues from last year.
0: I'll say this, Christian. The biggest difference between the eight and zero start today against St. Mary's and the slow starts from last year was that with the Tigers last year in their slow starts, a lot of the slow starts came off of turnovers on their part, leading to fast break points from their opponents. Um, and it felt like it was just this like rush of, 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 of points being scored off of miscues by the Tigers. That's not what this was today, um, with St. Mary's, um, they're all shots, shots just weren't, shots falling. just weren't falling. And I mean, I think even as much as Dan, Dan Dockett or whatever his name is, went off on the Tigers a couple of years back and the Tigers, you know, had a Tiger fans had a hard time, have a hard time letting that go. Um. He was saying it from the jump. It's not that the Tigers weren't playing well. They were getting shots. DJ missed a few wide open jumpers, missed a few layups. The shots just weren't going down, but they were getting good shots. And major the four baskets that Saint Mary's got to get off to an eight no start, I think like maybe two or three of them were off you know second second chance baskets. So they're playing defense hard, they weren't turning the ball over. they were getting good shots. The shots just weren't falling. And so it never felt like it did last year, as we were watching the games. Like, oh my gosh, they're turning the ball over. There's they just, three turnovers. They can't and do.
1: They can't do anything. Three they turnovers, anything four turnovers going. in
0: the first three minutes of the game. That's not what this was. It, it was a. It was concerning. Eight knows like, man, what in the world is going on? But they were getting good shots. They were getting good shots in their
2: offense. Well, so let, let's just pretend hypothetically that Western Kentucky does win against Northern Iowa, Iowa today, and uh, and that's honestly what I'm hoping for because I want to see what this Memphis team does against a team expected to win their conference. I think Northern Iowa also is, but um, the biggest reason why I want to see Western Kentucky is the potential matchup between two former top ten big men, uh, you know, in the two four seven sports. Composite rankings, and that's Musa Cisse for Memphis and Charles Bassey for Western Kentucky. Bassey's coming off of a a leg injury last year, but uh, Bassey is a load. He's 6'11", 235, 240. Uh, And what he does well, I think, is a tremendous challenge early for Musa Cisse, and uh, it will make for a very, very interesting matchup. Uh, You know, Charles Bassey last year, in his uh, in his game in the games that he did play for Western Kentucky he averaged almost 16 points and nine rebounds per game. Uh, Rick Stansbury loves to bring him out to the high post, uh, a lot of uh, pick and, pick and screen to the basket you know r- rim runs to the basket. He's a sprinter from end to end. He's uh, a decent defensive player in terms of blocking shots. so a lot of times you'll see him block shots and leak out. Um, to rim run on the break, so that's a challenge for Musa Cisse, uh in in terms of his conditioning, his you know his ability to to play in spurts longer than three to four minutes at a time. Um, they also do like to uh, flash Charles Bassey to the to the block and post him. Uh, if a post isn't successful, a lot of times Rick Stansberry, what he'll do is he'll have uh, Charles Bassey seal his man and get on the underside of the basket. They'll throw it over the top or have their guards drive to the bucket and lob it up for them, Uh, similar to what Musa Sise did today for Memphis. So uh, really, really interesting matchup there if it is to happen. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to more college basketball for the second day in a row. So I'm going to get off this podcast and go watch more basketball tonight. My wife is probably going to kill me, and I'm going to – I'm going to continue it tomorrow. Uh, Guys, any last thoughts before we let everyone go? I'm good. Kenny, you got anything else? We're good. All right. We'll see you all again tomorrow. And with that, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this
0: episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind the scenes information.